This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Right. Welcome back to the WOMED. And on this episode of the WOMED, or where in the world is Jacqueline Camardo? <laughs> where the hell are you today? Oh my gosh. You're, you could. Do you I remember where in the world you. is Carmen San Diego? Of course I do. Of course I, I do. Of course. Even as like a child, I knew I would fucking rock that game. And I always wanted to be a contestant on it. <laughs> I think Carmen Sandiego was my first girl crush. Like, that was the first yes. idea that I ever had of, like, whoa, this, like, that girl's so cool. Like, wanting to be her. That was for sure my first girl crush. Uh, 100% agree. Like, what a badass. She was just, like, this mystery woman of disguise. And, like, you know, where was she? She's She was, like, our version of 007. Exactly. She's just, like, a true, one of the first true badasses, honestly. She was definitely one of the first TV feminists. Know, look at that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's I, like, I don't mug. need a man. I'm probably running <laughs> from one. She definitely was. I want to know the I want to know the backstory on why the fuck Carmen San Diego had to had to hide and run. <laughs> There's definitely a story there. There's definitely a story. But actually, as we are recording this episode, I'm literally like I'm in a hotel room, sharing a hotel room with my mom. Uh, my mom has made it to Italy and we Yay! are meeting up with I know it's so exciting. We're meeting up with the rest of my family like in a week. But my mom and I are spending a few days in Positano together, which is one of our favorite places. She's we came on a trip here three years ago. So we have this super cute, tiny hotel room and we are literally like my view right now. I'm looking out this window is the the famous Positano view. Like the ocean <gasps> is right here and the town is right here. It's just so stunning, Danielle. Like I feel I'm so sorry. I really wish you were here with me. It's perfect. <laughs> but I'm super excited to just kind of sit down and chat and do like a quick catch up episode because we kind of hopped into season five really quickly. And we did. I think it's, you know, everyone's always kind of asking, like, I think we all just need to kind of get on the same page. Like, what the hell is going on right now with you and with me? And so let's just do some quick updates for everybody. I love it. Let's go. You look super cute. I'm like digging your your braids here. Are they just regular pigtail braids? Oh, yeah. They're just regular pigtail braids. But I did learn okay. how to do this really cool. It looks like a box. You know, and now that my hair is really long, I can do this like cool <gasps> box braid Ooh. thing okay but yeah this is called my day totally fell apart today I was supposed to have a day off and I, I had like a massage booked for today because you know in my 30s I've now discovered that my neck throws out you know first time being during sex so that you know but like once you once you throw your neck out things are never the same never At least the same I I I love that you're throwing out your neck during sex though. That's the best way to it throw was, out it your was neck. a long it was a long time ago, but yeah, but that was definitely like a oh my god, what the fuck just happened moment. Yeah, couldn't turn my head or like move it for a couple days. Uh but now it's like it could be anything. You could be just like turning to look at something real quick or like bend your head back too far or anything and your neck just goes zzz. 
So I do think massages are one of the best forms of like, quote unquote, self care. I I mean, like, truly, I would rather spend I think the money spent on a massage is so much better spent than like, a good massage than like getting your nail, like getting a mani or pedi. I think like massage, a good massage, there's it's like, it is so worth every penny. Yeah. And my girl is like a massage therapist, like she works as like a, like physical therapy type massage therapist. And she does Reiki. So she's got this whole other like, there's a whole other like energy healing thing that happens in my body after I see her. And, you know, I had texted her yesterday and I was like, girl, I need to get back on your schedule. It has been a wild couple months. And she's like, okay, what's your availability? I was like, actually, I've, I've got off tomorrow. And she's like, no shit. I just had a cancellation like five minutes ago. And I'm like, put me down. But now I have to go like to work, leave to go get this massage (laughs) and then come back to work. And I'm like, ah, whatever. You know what? Complete. I know. Shit, but complete place of privilege that A, I have a job and I have a job that's, you know, going to let me leave and go get a massage and come back. So I'm going to quit my bitching. True. But we're, we're all entitled to our daily bitching. It's totally fine. It's except me. I'm not entitled to daily bitching because <laughs> I'm in Positano. <laughs> My God, I wish I was there with you right now. So what other updates? Like, give us give us some updates, because I obviously kind of have a big like, you know, I've been talking about my divorce and we're going to be t- I'm going to kind of dive into a little bit deeper into that today. But what are some other D updates? Let's hear it. Oh, my God. There are such big D updates and no pun intended. <laughs> Such big D updates. Ooh, the only updates I like are big D ones. <laughs> Ew, I just like sounded like I don't. You I don't just even really know. grossed me out. <laughs> I sounded like some like I do you remember like someone that you would call for like sex over the phone? Like you would like call and pay like money. Remember seeing those commercials when you're younger? Like these like creepy ass commercials where you would yes. like call a number for like yes phone sex i'm guessing i mean i don't know what it was apparently I was too, like, that's what that was okay the, well like one nine hundred numbers <laughs> no you actually reminded me of paul red and wanderlust okay that's fine yeah have you seen that <laughs> yes of course yeah when he's like <laughs> we're not gonna do it we're not gonna do it <laughs> we're, we're gonna spare the letter listeners <laughs> spare you your poor souls yes sorry getting back on track here guys Yeah, we kind of really just jumped into season five. We threw a whole new release date at you guys. And all of that will, you know, become clear in, you know, the next couple months. But we really didn't get like a chance to totally game plan and like strategize for season five, which I feel like we're kind of doing on the fly. But I feel like it's really working and we're just going to keep going with it. There's been a lot of guests that, you know, I've been like cold emailing, you know, like Elizabeth Warren and Corey Bush, you know, some dream guests that we would love to have on. I'm just going to keep doing the like replying to like my first email and like, hey, have you seen me yet? Hey, have you seen this yet? Hey, do you want me to resend this yet? And just annoy the shit out of people. Pushing this to the front. <laughs> Pushing this to the top of your inbox. It's the best one. Oh, yeah. I hate when people do that, but it gets me to respond. I know. It does. It really does. I've got a few major updates in my life. Let's hear the big D updates. 
Y'all, I just hit my one year therapersary. Therapersary? <laughs> Ther- I- <laughs> Therapy is- anniversary? One of my favorite things about you is that you combine words all the time. And it's amazing. My brain never thinks to do that, but you you combine words together. And it's just like, every time you do it, I'm like, what is your brain? Like, how do you? I don't know sometimes. <laughs> so you're therapist. I'm just a visitor Wait, here. Therapist. Therapersary. There you go. Okay, I'm not going to try to say yeah. that. Okay, yeah. one year of therapy. I Congrats, know. Babe. I'm so proud of myself. I like. I knew it was coming up, but I was talking with my therapist last night. We were having our, you know, biweekly session, and she's like, Danielle, you just hit a really big milestone. I was like, what? I was like, did I have some breakthrough? Like, tell me. <laughs> like, very goal oriented here. Am I healed? Am I healed? <laughs> No, this is therapy is an ongoing journey, y'all. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You have committed to therapy for the last year. And I was like, wow. oh my God. Like my initial response was, holy crap, I'm so proud of myself. I mean, it has not been easy. Like I don't want anyone to, like, there's some really great sessions in therapy mm-hmm. and there's some really tough sessions in therapy. Like you get through some shit and- yeah. I, I'm just really proud and grateful that A, I could afford it. You know, I was in a position to afford it because as we all know, mental health care is a freaking privilege here in America, but that I had continued to commit to it because Mm -hmm. last year when I started, like, it wasn't like there was anything wrong. And like, I've talked about this, but nothing was necessarily moving forward like I was happy I had a great job you know all the things but I had isolated myself so much during the pandemic that I was like I don't know like I was so good on my own the thought of someone else like disrupting my peace really scared me and I was like oh you know what maybe we need to start taking a little journey into this and you're in a really good spot you do have a great job you can afford therapy and let's start doing the work. Like, let's find a therapist. Let's commit to you because you want to be the person that you want to meet. And y'all, one fucking year later. I will say, Dee, I can say, I don't think I've ever seen you so just happy and so content with where you're at in life. It's such an inspiration. Like it's, it's true. Like you started therapy for, you know, not for any specific reason, but to just Just better yourself and have some more, you know, contentment and maybe find some, whether that's healing or whether that's working through past traumas, whatever that is, you over the past year, like you are in such a good place. Like you are one of those examples of careers in the right place. Friendships are in the right place like futures in the right place. You've got everything going for you and you're just you're just truly glowing and it's like such an inspiration of what stability and happiness looks like. <laughs> so Guys, Danielle's actually happy and stable. What the fuck? How do you do it? Self-driven. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't it's say a I'm possibility. It's, Holy shit. It is. I wouldn't say like you know, everyone has their days. Like, please, I am not, I'm not the picture perfect version of stability. I, there are some (laughs) days where I think I saw a meme. It was like, do you ever just spill one drip of coffee and you like realize you're literally hanging on by a thread today? And I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> if one more Nashville <laughs> yeah. driver cuts me off and I have to swerve into a pothole, I might lose my shit. <laughs> but I'm going to take a breath. Exactly. I'm going to take a breath. <laughs> I'm going to take a breath. Thank you, Allie. It's definitely been a year, but like my goals weren't motivated by anything other than really wanting to commit to myself. And there's so much past trauma and there's there's still things that come up now that I'm like, oh, fuck, like this is wearing its head in this way in my life. You know, I dated a narcissist and a sociopath who royally manipulated me. I also was engaged to an alcoholic who was an addict. And it's like, whew, there's there's a lot that comes with grief. And and I know we've kind of touched on this before, but there's, you know, there's just different layers to it that, you know, will keep coming up. And grief associated with someone that you loved so tremendously. But, you know, looking back on it now with you know, almost 12 years at this point, you realize how unhealthy it was. And that that's a real mind fuck there. Yeah. Like allowing yourself to be mad and upset mm-hmm. that you were in a certain relationship, but yet you still yeah. feel like a love and tenderness towards this person. Right. And they fueled this like change in your life. You know, like this one traumatic event totally was like the projectile missile that like shot you forward in life. Like, how do you, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird balance between grateful and mm-hmm trauma right yeah there's there's a lot there but you know what I have an amazing therapist that helps me to keep working through this all the time so amazing yeah and I've done it for a year wow that's incredible oh when you were just speaking about your past experiences it's just life is so crazy too because d and i talk about this all the time about how grateful we are to have been put in each other's lives Mm -hmm. at the right time because a lot of your past is actually very similar to things that i have been going through the last year and so to hear you say you know it's it it took a decade to kind of really pass some major hurdles with this and it still sits with you and there's days where it's still hard. It reminds me a lot of, you know, the episode we had with Karen Moon with Ali Maz last week about grief and about working through traumas and that they may always sit with you. But I just want to say I'm so grateful that I have you and you're such I know you guys think I'm like such a I'm like a cheese ball today, but um, cheese ball it up. I'm, so- I'm emotional. <laughs> I started birth control, y'all. <laughs> Which that makes two of us. Hey guys, maybe we need to. <laughs> you guys want updates on our birth control? We can walk you through. Oh that. God, we can walk you through starting up birth control again. I Ugh. know. Maybe that is an update because um, not many like mid thirty people just like start birth. Con- maybe they do. Maybe this is a topic we'll talk about again. Like, yeah, you know, I feel like birth control is like something we think everyone is on in their twenties. But hey, guys, birth control in your thirties is fucking awesome. So and it's a whole. Well, maybe for you, my skin's been breaking out. Oh my god, guys, I'm, I'm like a poster a- child for birth control. Like my skin gets clearer. Like. My mood gets better, more stable. My periods are super light. Like I'm the poster child for birth control. But <laughs> I'm going to finish my nice sentiment. And y'all, I'm so grateful for you. You have been such a rock for me. And it's just truly so, it's like such a gift that 
the universe, God, whoever brought you into my life when it did, because we have been through so many similar experiences, like similar, similar experiences with very different, unfortunate outcomes, Mm -hmm. but like similar paths of, of grief. And so it reminds me of, you know, what one day, hopefully one day I can look back with more meaning and understanding like how you do now. It's really beautiful. Hey, I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> just a love fest on the WOMED this week. <laughs> just friendship, just true friendship <laughs> and love and support. Yes. God, I'm so grateful for that. Like there are so few, I feel like in your 30s, finding like your friendships are, they, they change, they evolve so much. On like what you're looking for, what you need from, you know, like in terms of like female energy in your life and that community. And I was having, I was having kind of a moment this weekend because like my three best friends are not here. Like the three women, well, one's in Germany, you're in Italy, and the other one just had like her second kid. So it's like, you know, I'm like, do I need more friends? But I'm like, no, like, these are my core women. Like, <laughs> yeah. Female friendships are so sacred, so sacred. And I don't think that we, I think like society and our culture loves to create this story that women are always in competition with one another and mm-hmm. are, you know, fighting over different things. And this like, this like femme identity of like being catty. And I think that we need to hear more about really sacred friendships and how, mm-hmm. how beautiful and supportive they can be. And I'm the same with you. I have a few really close girlfriends and those are my people. And those are the people that I don't, um, you know, that I'll ride or die with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that you do learn in your 30s is who your real friends are and who you want to, you know, see it through with because life is fucking hard. So who are are the girls that are going to be in your corner? And I think that's something you learn in your 30s too. Yeah, like I feel like you learn who are the people that would jump on a plane and Mm -hmm. come to wherever you are in your time of need. Yeah. I have learned this lesson so truly going through my divorce. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was so much fear in the beginning of losing friendships, losing, you know, certain family members, maybe Mm -hmm. that would, you know, pick sides or who, who knows, like this was something that came up so deeply in the divorce. And I was so pleasantly surprised with how so many of my friends had my back and ha- were in my corner. No, no questions asked, no matter what. And so you're right. Like those ride or die people, those tough times, like you'll figure it out. Who's, who's there for you. And you're one of those people for me. So I love you so much. I love you so much. So If it's cool, I'm going to kind of jump in a little bit about my divorce. I first talked about it with Karen um, on Karen Moon's episode. If you guys haven't listened to that one, please do. It's one of our favorite episodes from season four. I spoke a little bit more on our episode with Allie Maz last week, which was a really awesome episode too. But with this episode, I wanted to give a little bit more detail because since I have started talking about my experience through divorce, 
I have been shocked with how many other women are in the same situation as me, young, maybe in their 30s, early 30s, mid 30s, that are going through divorce, that maybe they don't have any children yet, maybe they have one child. Um, but from what I've experienced, there's there's been a lot of women that have reached out with no children, early mid 30s that are going through divorce. And it's a really strange time because most of you know, most of the women in your young 30s, everyone's, you know, getting married or starting their family mm-hmm. or, you know, getting engaged. And now you are in this situation where you're feeling like, holy shit, like all of my friends around me are having these beautiful experiences and I'm in one of the lowest points I've ever been in my life. So I kind of wanted to talk about this because I think the yeah. more that I share about the divorce, the more healing it is for me personally, but the more, the more I hear from the community, um, our WOMED community and how many other people can resonate with this. So if I can hopefully help anyone else that's going through it, or maybe you're going through it now, maybe you're going, you went through it years ago. Maybe you're scared about going through it. I was hoping to kind of talk about it a little bit. So when we started the podcast, when D, when you, when you asked me to join the podcast, when I slid in your DMs, when you slid into my DMs, I was married. And some of our first few guests were recorded in the house where mm-hmm. I lived for years with my husband. And now I'm recording from this, you know, this, well, this beautiful room here in Positano. But um, right now I'm recording with, I have a suitcase of my belongings here with me mm-hmm. and everything else at this point, I've either sold or put in a storage unit. Uh, so, so much has changed for me. Yeah. Or I've been very touched again about all of these comments that have come my way. And I do, but I do think that there's some sense of privacy still with the divorce. So no real, you know, details of the intimacy of what happened, because I think a lot of, there's, there's a lot of reasons why couples head towards divorce. I don't Mm -hmm. think going down a path of, well, this happened, well, he did this and I said this, and then this happened. It's just not helpful at this point. Um, it's not helpful for anyone involved and it's definitely not helpful for me. There's two sides to every story. And I think with most couples like myself, um, you're going to get two different stories and that's something for me to kind of process on my own and something that I think all couples, it's so different why people get divorced. So Mm -hmm. I hope to kind of shed some light more on my personal experience and what has helped. You are so loved. <sighs> I know. And I, I feel that so deeply because divorce is extremely painful. Even the word divorced, mm-hmm. divorce, divorced is such a stigmatized word. It, it, there's so much pain that even goes with saying that word. I find myself saying I, I'm leaving a marriage more than I'm saying I'm divorced because there's, there is so much stigma and so much like pain that even comes up with, with saying the word. It's such a harsh word too. I like, I like what you said though. You're, you're leaving a marriage. Yes. Yes. You're right. It it is a hard, it's very harsh. And it comes with like a boatload of judgments and assumptions and, you know, whether that's from other people or whether that's from yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if it, so that was, that's still something I'm kind of working through, but truly I've never, 
experienced as much pain or grief as I have the past year of my life. Um, really, since through season four of the WOMED and up until now, mm-hmm. it has been just so incredibly painful to give like a brief timeline. My ex and I separated in October of last year. So it's been a while. It's been about 10 months since we've been separated. And then we officially you know, went through the whole legality and the official paperwork, all that stuff, like the last few months. So we're officially um, divorced now. But I was thinking, I've been thinking about this a lot. And it's crazy because when I left my home and left my dogs during the separation, I really never thought that I wasn't going to come back. Like I never thought that when we decided to separate that that night before was the last night I would lay in bed with the dogs. And that was the last morning I would take them out for a walk. Oh, I get so emotional when I think about this time when we separated in that winter, it was really some of the darkest times of my life. I had never really experienced suicidal ideation before, but during the time right before we separated, and then after I experienced so much suicidal ideation that it was, it was so scary. So I made the decision to see a psychiatrist, start on an SSRI, um, really take a hard look at my own mental health and how I was going to deal with the next few months and through this time. And so that helped a lot, but it was a really dark time. I mean, I lost like literally 20 pounds, which I had no business losing any weight. I lost 20 pounds because it made me nauseous to just breathe. It just made me nauseous to breathe. I I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat. I couldn't go out. I couldn't sleep. I didn't even like looking out the window because I would see, (laughs) I would see people walking their dogs and think about my dogs and just burst out in tears. Like I just, it was, everything was painful. Everything was painful. And so when we separated, I moved into my family's house. I'm really fortunate. We have um, a building. My family in Little Italy um, is Italian. And my grandmother is 94. She lives on the main floor. My father lives there now full time with her taking care of her. And my twin sister and her husband live upstairs. And my little sister lives downstairs. And so I moved in with my little sister in her you know, spare bedroom, which just was really just such a change in itself, going from living in a, in a home that I had created with my husband um, and my animals, my two dogs, to moving into just like a tiny bedroom while still trying to run my business and run the podcast and graduate with my doctorate and get published. And I was in this other fellowship and finishing my clinical hours. Like it was like someone had taken the rug and ripped it from under me. And I was just left with all the pieces falling around me and trying to figure out how I was going to put them back together. And so there were a few things that that really helped me during this time, because like I said, it really was terrible. Like I lost weight. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I broke out in crazy cystic acne that I'd never had in my entire life. I would cry every day. Some nights I would just cry in pain all night like that, like stabbing kind of crying. I know you can probably relate like that, Mm -hmm. that crying where like you literally can feel the knife in your stomach or in your heart. Yeah. And, you know, just, just laying in bed at night, thinking, thinking, thinking. And, you know, I think when people go through divorce, you're, it's so much easier to stick in your head than to really feel the feelings of betrayal or of abandonment or above 
um, you know, about mistrust. There's so many, there's so many things that you feel through whether it's a horrible breakup or a divorce. And there's so much healing that needs to happen. And so some of the things that, you know, helped me one, you know, Danielle, you like having you and having the podcast were such, it was such a gift because I was able to, you know, talk to you because you've been through, like I said, you've been through something similar. I mean, grief and I mean, (laughs) manipulation and, you know, that complete feeling of (laughs) deception. Yeah. Yeah. Been through that. But I mean, everyone's everyone's journey through it is is so different but i can definitely echo a lot of a lot of what you were feeling i think i was able to talk to you like so just honestly like without without judgment and that was seriously just so Mm -hmm. such a gift truly such a gift i'm grateful i was able to be there with you and you're not gonna lose me so yeah I always tell you like you're stuck with me bitch you're stuck (laughs) with me forever feelings mutual my girl I just hope that people can relate to that because I know the feeling of like when you're in it and I just wanted to kind of quickly share some things that really truly helped me because I got so many pieces of advice from other people from self-help books from podcast episodes, from whatever the hell, because, you know, when you're going through something like this, you just want answers. You want, um, you want answers. You want a way out. You want to know that it's going to feel better someday. Yes. So I think the biggest piece of advice I could have, if anyone is kind of going through it right now was I just kind of labeled this time in my life. I not come, I would say almost like compartmentalize it, but I labeled it as this time of like, this is survival time. You just moved out of your house. Your belongings are in a storage unit. You're living out of a suitcase. You are trying to figure out your next move. You are in survival mode and this is survival mode time. So this is the time to literally meet your basic needs to eat, yes, to sleep. And that's pretty into, if you can make it to work, make it to work. Those are the things that you need to get done. This was not the time to sign up for a yoga challenge or to take on a new project, or to learn a new language, this was the time to survive. And if you can just get out of bed today and get your shit done and send that email, then good for you. Yeah. Basic needs. Basic needs. Because people will tell you, people want to help you. People are going to, they, they, it is hard for your friends and family to see you hurting. So they're going to say things like, well, you know, well, Jackie, you used to love yoga. Maybe you should start doing yoga more. Well, Jackie, you used to love cooking. Why don't you try cooking more? And they are coming from the best place and they're not wrong. Yeah. And they're not wrong. Uh, Those things probably will help you (laughs) eventually, but right now you just need to survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing that really helped me was when it came to the separation and it came to the idea of divorce, it feels so overwhelming. How am I going to get divorced? How am I going to find a lawyer? Where am I going to live? How am I going to pay for this? How am I never going to see the dogs again? What am I going to tell my family? What am I going to tell my friends? What about 
Marissa's engagement party that I'm supposed to go, that we are supposed to go to next week. What are we going to do? Am I going to go alone? Are you going to go? Are we going to pretend that everything's okay? How am I going to be single again? It's like the list goes on and on. The idea to divorce or to separate is so overwhelming that I've heard that quote once, like it's the only thing harder than staying is leaving. Yeah. So with that, I think the piece of advice is to take it. And I know this sounds so cliche, but to literally take it one thing at a time, you do not have to have it all figured out. You do not have to have your lawyer lined up your, you don't need to tell everyone that, you know, you don't need to change your name on social media. You don't need to say goodbye to your animals. You don't need to pack up all your things. You don't need to do everything at once. Start, start with what you can handle with first, hopefully. And hopefully you have the the space and you, you and your partner can have at least some kind of respect and understanding that it does take time. Other than those two big things, obviously continuing therapy. I continue to see my personal therapist and I actually continue to see our couples therapist too. We had oh. a, yeah, we had a couples therapist towards through the beginning, like before we, we were separated, we were seeing a couples therapist and I continued to see her through the separation and the divorce because I felt that there was an understanding with this therapist that other therapists, um, like starting with a new therapist or like friends or family, like no one could, this therapist understood the intricacies of our relationship and yes, understood that this was a, you know, that like all divorces and like all separations and all endings of long-term relationships, that there's a lot of different things that go into it. It's not just black and white, right? So this other therapist really helped me navigate a very difficult time. Our episodes, like I said, Karen Moon's episode really was helpful. Um, our trip to Mexico was really freaking helpful. And then my friends and family, like besides you, Danielle, I'm so blessed to have friends and family. There was a time when my dad, like I said, I was living in the same building with my father. My dad, when he saw me just like wasting away as a human being, he noticed that I, the only thing I would eat were the little like peanut butter pretzels from Costco. You fucking love those peanut butter pretzels. The big, like you can get the big, um, big thing from Costco, the big, literally a tub from, from Costco, the big peanut butter pretzels, uh, like the pretzel on the outside and the peanut butter on the inside. Those for some reason, like were were the only thing I could stomach. So if those were around, I would just like snack on these peanut butter pretzels. And that is literally all I would eat for literally all I would eat for months. So there was one day I'll never forget. My dad came home from Costco. He bought five of these huge jugs of peanut butter pretzels. And he said, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) I know I'm going to (laughs) cry. I love dads. Um, I know. (laughs) Just like so supportive. And like, you know, of course, like my family would say like, Jackie, you need to eat more. Like, and I just would be like, I can't, I'm so sick. You're like, yeah, I'm aware. Like I'm literally aware. 
I'm aware that I'm wasting away. I'm aware of this like massive knot in my stomach that is like not allowing me to eat. But when it relaxes, I will shove a handful of peanut butter pretzels into my stomach because I know I need to eat. But like you telling me I need to eat. You're not telling me anything I don't know. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Dad's for the win. My twin sister and her husband, Mason, I also live in the same building as them and they would- They're the best. They are the best. They would ask me to go on walks with them every day. Even if they knew I was working or sleeping, they would ask me, hey, we're going to go walk the dog. Uh, Do you want to come with? They would get me coffee because I was too lazy, like too depressed to make coffee on my own. They would bring me coffee and they would let me cry on their bedroom floor. Like there were literally nights where I would cry on their bedroom floor and just cry. And they would just, they would just be there. And then same with my grandma, 95 years old, but she still like knew something was very wrong. And she would just let me, I would just sit with her and stare Mm -hmm. out the window or just sit with her in the kitchen. And sometimes I would start crying and she would come over and just pat my back and say, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I was really fortunate to be surrounded by loved ones. And I think Mm -hmm. when especially women, when we go through really difficult times, especially something so stigmatized as a divorce, you want to isolate yourself. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to tell people because you feel like such a failure. Yeah. But that is what's going to save you. And all I can say is I was just so surrounded by love and support and it almost like to a point where it took me off guard. Like it took me off guard. Like I couldn't believe how supportive everyone was. And my friends just constantly checking in on me, constantly sending texts or voice messages or calls. And they were just so understanding knowing that if I didn't respond or I didn't call back, it's because I just couldn't, I just didn't want to talk Mm -hmm. about it. But I will say now, and then obviously like the last thing I want to touch on the big part for me was planning this trip and planning to get away when I first came up with the idea to go to Italy after I graduated, my mom and, you know, some of my close friends were like, well, Jack, are you just, you know, they were concerned. Are you just running away? Are you just running away from this problem? And I said, I have been in this problem since the fall. I had to leave my house. I have lived with this pain of losing the dogs which still like is really hard for me to talk about the pain of losing the dogs. They were ugh, my, my sun, my stars and my moon, these dogs. I, I would never want to belittle how painful it would be to lose an actual child. And I know that, you know, I I pray to God, I never have to experience anything like that in my lifetime, but the pain of losing these dogs was for me, one of the worst pains I've ever had in my life. Um, losing the the babies that I had raised, we'll say, but yeah. yeah. Oh my God. See, and I just lost my train of thought because the second I picture their faces in my, my brain, like my body just like shuts down. Like I get so sad. I get so sad. It is like just so, so painful. But anyway, yeah, my family would say like, are you running away? And I said, no, I've been living with this pain. I've been living with this. I've been processing. I've been healing. I've been dealing with my sadness and my anger Mm -hmm. and my grief for months. I couldn't escape. I was, I I was, I felt it all. I felt the pain. I, I felt the tears when they would come, I would let them out. 
when I was angry, sometimes I would yell. Sometimes Danielle, I would yell at you, or I would yell at my twin sister or my best friend, the people that will appreciate the apology that comes shortly after. But I felt all of the things and I was able to get to a point where it felt like I needed to just get away from the situation. You're treading water. Exactly. Exactly. And um, it has, this has been the most healing part so far, I think was having, is having this time to be away from a situation, you know, cause things were getting like really weird with the, through the divorce, mm-hmm. I was getting random like DMS on social media from people on burner accounts, asking questions or like making threats or saying like very hurtful things, you know, and then being in the same city, if you're in the same city as your partner, as your ex, like that just brings a lot. So if you just need to get away, I really hope that you can, because it was so, so, so healing for me. Well, Jack, I feel like this trip for you, not only were you managing your mental health and leaving a marriage, you were also graduating with at like the top of your class from your doctorate program, like, and getting published. Like you, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm in awe of you. Like you really, you really deserved this trip because you just poured everything into keeping yourself a here with us but getting your degree that like I mean I say treading water like there's a lot you can do treading water like but this trip was you making the conscious decision to start swimming for sure and that's one of the toughest things that you can do but I feel it god I feel it like so fully in my soul because it's like I spent seven months, you know, after Nick died in our same condo, in the same job, seeing this like, you know, dual vision of things where I thought we were happy and then moments of, you know, complete and utter heartbreak. And I literally, that was the only way I could explain it was it felt like I was just treading water. Yeah. And so like I left. I'm proud of you for leaving. And I think, Danielle, like I'm curious about your experience because people will ask me like, what was your thought process or why did you decide to go for so long? I just knew there wasn't another option. Like Mm -hmm. there was not an option to, to stay for me. Like it got to a point where staying in Chicago and just almost acting like nothing happened, like starting the next job and kind of going with the flow and getting new, like, like getting back to real life. Like that was not an option for me. I, I just knew that I needed like a drastic change. Yeah, that does a disservice to the memory of your relationship. And like, no one would be, no one could just act like they were okay after the years that you guys spent together, the happy years, the tough years, you know, like everything that you two experienced together. Like, I know, I I mean, I, I saw, I saw the love that you guys had too. Yeah. You know, so like, if, if anyone's acting like, like they're totally fine. They're lying. Yeah. They're lying to themselves. Yeah. It's like, that reminds me of what Karen said in our episode with her about grief, about how 
you just want to fix it so badly. And so after a divorce or after a hard breakup or after even the passing of someone, you want to jump into the next relationship right away, or you want to get a new dog to replace the dogs that you lost because there's so much pain there. And she said, that is such a disservice to your healing process and to the memories that you're trying to you know, move on from, but I'm curious, like, do you, did you, when you made the decision to leave, did that feel like something you just had to do? Like you wanted to start a new chapter or start something fresh yeah. or. Yeah, there, there wasn't a question. I could not stay. Like I had already said goodbye to everything in Wisconsin and it definitely was not met with, yeah, go, you should totally do that. Like my mom and I's relationship mm. really struggled for months mm. after that. Oh my gosh. And and we've since like talked through that process that time. You know, she remembers it differently, but it was it was terrible because I wasn't doing what my friends and family thought I could be doing, what they thought I had the strength to do, what I needed to do. And no, like I I had to get away. I had yeah. to start fresh. Yeah. Everything was a constant reminder. Yes. Yes. Heartbreak is just, it's one of the hardest things I think humans deal with, but there is that piece of reminding, like that reminder that heartache and grief are so universal. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot now, more recently, like looking back at how dark some of those months were and how difficult some of those months were. And I, I think to myself, this may not be, this, this will probably not be the only time in my life I will feel this level of darkness because we all at some point lose things that are very meaningful to us. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like that preparation of like grief is going to, it's like grief is a part of life. And it flows and you, you, you're going to flow and you're going to have those, those lows of the grief, but then you will eventually be rewarded with those times of love and cherish those times of love and bringing it back all the way to the beginning of the episode. It's like, that's why I'm so grateful for you is because you are that reminder to me that like, it may take a while for me. It may take years, but I will get through this and find whatever happiness looks like on the other side. And I will say too, that sounds like so black and white and dramatic. And I don't want people to think like, oh, one day it's just going to be happy again because there are those little moments. Like now I look back to those moments of when my dad brought home the five tubs of peanut butter pretzels, the time where my grandma put her her hand on my back and said, it's okay. When she like has no fucking idea what's going on because she's 95. I look at those moments of such love Mm -hmm. and those moments I will, I will forever cherish those, those moments. Yeah. Happy Friday, everybody. (laughs) I'm so fucking proud of you, Jack. I'm so proud of you. And I'm just grateful you're here. I hope that this episode just can help anyone that is like we said before is 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 maybe worried about going through a divorce or a, a big breakup it doesn't just have to be divorce when you spend years of your life with someone when you live in the same house as someone when you own animals with someone the separation is so tra- is so traumatic so traumatic even if it's 
even if you're the one that's doing the breaking up with, even if you're the one that's walking away, even if you're the one who, you know, initiated the breakup, we'll say, it is extremely traumatic and it's extremely hard. And I just hope that, that people were able to find some, some words of peace or some moments of uh, being able to relate because I know for me, when I was going through it, I felt so alone. I'm like, no one my age is going through a divorce. No one around, everyone else is having the, the time of their life. They're getting engaged and they're getting pregnant and they are starting their families and they're buying their homes. And I feel like I'm taking 20 steps backwards, but it has been almost like, it'll be a year this, this fall. And I am now finally in that place where I can genuinely say like, this happened for a reason. I'm still not super clear what that reason is, <laughs> but I'm really, truly feeling the love and the joy and the, the excitement and the freedom and all of the beautiful things that come with starting a new chapter too. So I hope that this episode helped and I hope that your healing process is as supportive and, and loved as mine has been. 